Hi, and welcome to Culture Lit, a podcast and community that explores Black women and romantic love through the lens of romance novels. I'm your host, Octavia Marie. Each episode of Culture Lit trains a spotlight on a new Black romance novel and then deep dives into the many themes facing Black women and love after 40. Be ready to laugh, sigh, and talk about Black women falling in love, yes, sex too, and the Black authors writing their stories. We've been on a roller coaster of unprecedented times. Every time I think we're about to make a turn for the better, the world throws more chaos at us. Now, I don't know about you all, but I am tired. And as my daughter said, I'm ready to circle back to precedented times. Like most, during times like this, I turn to things that bring me joy. My favorite escape, you already know, romance novels. You know, sometimes it feels like the world doesn't love us, especially Black women. And sometimes we have to escape into a different world. If you're here because of my love of romance novels, you know that I've been reading them for over 20 years. And for a long time, I hid the fact that I read the novels. I was criticized. Most romance readers are criticized. The genre is criticized. It's not held to the same kind of love and standards as any other literary genre. And it can be uncomfortable. You know, sometimes people would ask, so what's your guilty pleasure? And I would say romance novels. And then I got to a point in my life where I realized how fucked up it was that I have to be ashamed of something that brings me so much joy. And today we're going to dive in a little bit more with the mind behind Melanin Mindscape, KP. We're going to talk about unlearning all the ways that we have been told not to enjoy ourselves. And I think talking about it is an incredible place to start. So KP, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Hello, I'm KP and I'm the mind behind Melanin Mindscape. Melanin Mindscape is a blog dedicated to all things Black, but especially Black history, Black TV, and Black literature. I'm always posting and reviewing books by Black authors, and when my favorite TV shows are on, I'm recapping them, and I'm sharing Black history all the time. I would love for you to follow me on IG at Melanin Mindscape and visit my blog at melaninmindscape.com. And I'm super excited to be here with you today to discuss one of my favorite things, books. So thanks for having me. You, you know, we've known each other for a few years. And I think when I realized just how horrific a reader you were, and I was like, okay, she's reading way more than me. And I thought I was a big reader. But you read everything. You are into nonfiction, literary fiction, but all things Black. And then also autobiographies, history. You're everywhere. And you also even recommended some books. And I was like, ooh, okay, I didn't know about that one. <laughs> yeah. So what's your favorite? My favorite genre? Yeah. That is so hard. I know. (laughs) (laughs) All of it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite genre. I used to be a nonfiction girl. Okay. I very rarely would I, (laughs) you know, pick up some fiction. But when I really got back into reading, I was just reading everything. I think for me now, it's not necessarily genre, but authors. Maybe that's a better way for me to narrow it down. So if I'm really feeling like I want to, you know, get into politics and history or something, I'm going to find Eddie Glaude, like let's see what he's written about or, or even, you know, James Baldwin. I mean, you can go because that's, he wrote a little bit of everything. He's like fiction, nonfiction. He's just done a little bit of everything. Um, It just depends. Like I'm just a reader, reader. Right. You know, there are a few that I don't. Like horror, I, I'm not a, a big horror girl, 
no, or, or sci-fi. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really do those well. And I know there's, and I, I, I know you're a very big, you know, Black history historical. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of the books that I would even see on your blog recommended were always a lot of, like, I sell a lot of nonfiction, but you do a lot of good, great fiction books too. And so I, one of the things that surprised me, I wanted to have you on was because this summer you seem to have gone on like a romance novel binge. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. And so I was like, I mean, like you went down the rabbit hole kind of bit. And so I thought that was really interesting because that definitely was not something I had seen on your blog before. Uh And and so I kind of want like, you know, wanted to kind of dive into that, especially from a reader like you, because what I want to talk about, like, you know, so many people, like I said, this is, you know, about it not being a guilty pleasure and why we kind of feel shame in things that, you know, we enjoy, especially, you know, so many things are put on black women and, you know, we can't admit to the things that sometimes bring us joy. And so when you went down that bitch, I was like, Oh, I've read that one. Oh, she's going to like yeah. that one. And then right. was- and I was mad. Cause I was saying, well, why didn't you tell me? About I mean, I, I, you know, I take suggestions. I say, you know, a lot of people like, it's a summer reading thing. So it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's a beach reading. I'm going to take it on vacation. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. You know, yeah. I think we fall into that. We sometimes kind of justify the things we love by describing it as a guilty pleasure. And that's one of the things I really think we should ban is that like things of the idea of pleasure being guilty. But I think black women absolutely get that because, you know, we're supposed to be these super women and all these things. And, you know, we, we got to be productive. And I think even as black folks, you know, black folks have to be productive. And, and so many think of, romance and romance novels as, you know, insignificant, but there's some amazing Black writers who are writing Black romance. And who doesn't want to hear about Black love? Right. Um, So like for you, I I wanted to ask just, you know, for you just in the beginning, what is your kind of definition of a guilty pleasure? It's something that I enjoy on the low (laughs) or -hmm. something that I enjoy indulging in that I'm not exactly excited about announcing to the world, (laughs) you know, but... I, I agree with you that if it's a pleasure, it just shouldn't be guilty. Like, <laughs> just live, yeah. you know, have fun, whatever. But yeah, it's just something I like to do that I'm, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do this. But, I, you know, I may not share it widely. <laughs> right. And then it's like, why do we do that? I think, especially, I think the pandemic probably has changed the mindset of a lot of people, though. Because I know, like, for me, you know, we were, what, three years in this thing now. And... I think anything that makes it feel like we're taking time away from something that's quote unquote productive, yeah. like like there is value in productivity, productivity. only. Mm-hmm. And then if you're doing something that feels unproductive in some way, it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. No, and, I totally agree with that. Um, Because one of the things I might consider to be a guilty pleasure is that I will take my kids to school and I will drive straight to the spa. And then, <laughs> right. I, will, and then and I will stay there all day. And then I'll hit the car. I'll be back in time for the carpool line. But why is that a guilty pleasure? Because that's really- the thing. Because it's like, when, you know, we're talking about guilty pleasure. And it, I guess I'm getting better at it. And it does go back to rest, mm-hmm. not being seen as being productive. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way we were kind of taught. Mm-hmm. So I think that most of us are unteaching ourselves that, hey, if I'm going to take this day and I'm going to do absolutely nothing, it's okay because it's what I need. And rest is necessary. Rest is also productive. I know for me, sometimes I just call it a reset. 
Like mm-hmm. so much has happened <laughs> and I feel myself getting worn down and I feel like, you know, I need to refill my cup and it's, I need a hard reset, then I'm okay with doing it and not feeling as guilty as I may have felt uh, pre-pandemic <laughs> or, okay. uh, you know, or, or before. And it's just something that I'm, that I am learning. I think it's something that we are learning as black women because we have always been, you know, first and foremost, you know, you got to work twice as hard and, mm-hmm. you know, you got to, you have to keep everybody up, y- your family, you know, everybody's depending on you. I had a, a mind shift where I look at rest differently now. So I would say, yes, my little spa excursions, they're a guilty pleasure, but I am getting to the point where, you know, I don't necessarily care if you know. <laughs> that, that that is what I'm doing. I took a whole day. I did absolutely nothing except drop my kids off and pick them up. And, you know, and I'm fine with that. And I'm better for it. Right. So, you know, yeah, we do need to get out of the, you know, there are no guilty pleasures, you know. Exactly. You know. Hey, girl. Hey. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you sign up for our occasional newsletter and join our community at culturelitpodcast.com, where we share book reviews, you can interact with our guests, and you'll have a chance to tell me your story and be a part of our community. That's culturelitpodcast.com. Now, back to the show. So... Let me ask you this then. What led you on your binge of romance love? Was it kind of like that thing where you were just looking to escape? You were looking just to, you know, like what you were saying, kind of reset. And, you know, mm-hmm. everything was so heavy. And and this has been like a really heavy few years. Couple of years. Right. So I was never a non-romance. Okay. We just didn't Jackie talk about Hillary. <laughs> no, no, well, you know, I didn't have the blog for, you know, the blog is, is semi-new. So... I was reading all along, but I wasn't always using Goodreads or I didn't always have the Instagram, you know, because there there were years where I may have read 50 books and I may have talked about 10 of them (laughs) because I was just reading. But Jasmine Guillory is an author that I've always read her books. I'm usually up to date on all of her books. I think right now I'm too behind, but I always read her too yeah yeah the, the new one because there's one that just came out and then by the book I started that when I have the book okay and so that's the one I, I have to get back to and then her newest one so I've always she's been one that I've always been like oh she has a new book let me read it so I've always I've read them sparingly not for any particular reason but you know just right. that but what's been happening to me a lot lately is that one I am trying to teach my kids to read all genres, stretch yourself. You know, I have a kid that's a scientist. He only likes to read science books. <laughs> I got this other kid who only wants to read uh, graphic novels, right? And so I'm telling them like, hey, hey guys, let's read a little bit of everything. So I'm like, well, I'm going to take my own advice as well. So what happened was, what happened was, what happened was, what happened was, I think it might have been a Jasmine Guillory book ends. You know how when you finish a book, especially if you're using Goodreads or Audible or Scribd or Kindle, 
they're going to give you suggestions. Oh, did right. you like this book? Try this. <laughs> That's how I got caught up. <laughs> so I did that and I can't remember who it was. It might have been maybe Christina Johnson. And but one, she's a good one. Exactly. So, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, but it was a series. It's and a one, then, one, you can't not read the you other. You can't not read the So that's what happened. <laughs> so I was like four books in. And then I'm like, well, if you like that series, <laughs> like it's the next one. Well, like it was crazy. It was one month where, and this may be the one that you're talking about when I posted the books for the month. I, pro- I think I read like 24 books that month or something. Yeah, and it was because of the romance, because you know they're usually shorter. Yeah, than what I'm accustomed to reading. Like I'm accustomed to a good 300, 400 pages. Mm-hmm. So these are shorter. They might be novellas. You know, it, it, I'm able to read twice as much whenever you romances. So I think that month I went through maybe two. Se- Girl, it was just series after series, and I was like, you know what? I need to stop. So that's what happened. Like that's why you saw the uptick. Because I got sucked in. And then I was like, oh, well, okay, I got a couple you haven't read. Oh, you uh-huh. haven't read this one, this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now I have to be intentional about starting one of their books, like Christina, <laughs> Christina C. Jones or another one, Mika James. Mika uh, James. I got caught up and <laughs> ended up having to read all of the series where they're in this coastal island. I think it was four books. So I, now I'm like, okay. If I'm going to start reading a Christina Johnson, nine times out of 10, it's going to be a series and I'm going to have to be prepared to be five books in because, <laughs> you know, whatever. So that's what was happening to me when you saw that explosion. I was getting caught up in series. So, let me ask you this, because I know you are a big history buff. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten into any of the black historical romance? I like Beverly Jenkins. Like she has, like, I just absolutely know you would love her because she... She goes so in depth with the research and the 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 mm-hmm. historical part of it is so a lot of it is based on real characters and real things. So have you kind of dived into any, any of that? I'm saving her <laughs> because several people have, have told me that I need to get on her stuff. And I looked and, and you have like a million books. <laughs> right. So I said, okay, wait a minute. I'm gonna save her because I feel like if I start. I'm going to want to finish. And she has a lot out there. And she has a lot out there and a lot yeah. of connected characters. Yeah. I remember when I first started reading, I actually might have started with a Beverly Jenkins novel. And it was Indigo. It was based in Michigan and was about a woman that was a slave that used to be a slave on an Indigo plantation. And her hands were stained blue. And so, like, I found myself, every, when I started reading her books, I found myself, like, stopping in the middle of it and then looking up some of the historical mm-hmm. facts that were in the book. Mm-hmm. It I took love me it. forever to read. And I just know, I was like, oh, she's got to. And I know how much you love Black historical. So, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot of her, even her more recent ones, are connected to characters. They're, like, descended from characters in earlier books. And I want to start at the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah. And then she has, like, there are series that are about the Black Cowboys. There is, like, mm-hmm. the, the French Creole in the week. Like, they're all over. She has, I mean, she's touched, like, a lot of different historical stuff. And I was like, oh, let me see if this really happened. Oh, yeah. 
I just so, know it's a lot. And so I was like, let me just, you know, yeah, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get through all of it. <laughs> yeah, because once you start her, like, that's really, a, once I started, I was like, well, I got to get the next one. Thing, like, and that's what, that's what was happening to me with all the other ones. And so, some like Christina Jones. Yes. And even Tia Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Tia Williams. Yeah. So, you know, Seven Days in June, I read that and it was amazing. And then I had to go backwards. You had to go back and get the other. To get all the re- yeah, to get all the rest of Tia's books. So that's kind of how things are popping up for me. And I try my hardest at the beginning of each month to give myself some type of book map because I have like reading ADD. Like I'm, I'll be all over the place. And if I hear on NPR somebody talking about their book, I yeah. like, ooh, I'm starting that today. Like I, I can't. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the reasons why I love libraries, but services like Scribd and Audible and Kindle work better for me. And I'll, I'll just rather pay for it because I can't I can't be in line waiting for the book. I got to read it today. I said, you know, if it's I, I got to read it today. Is it dropping today? I need to read it today. So because I'm like that, it's hard for me. <laughs> it's just hard for me. And that's why I said about Beverly Jenkins, right? Yeah. Beverly Jenkins, um, that I was going to try to quiet my mind and figure out how I was going to attack her body of work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll send you some suggestions since I've read most of them. <laughs> yeah. You do You know what? That would be helpful. Um, uh, <laughs> you could prioritize them for me. Um, I fully will. <laughs> That's kind of what I need. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I get rabbit holes. I, yeah, I, yeah. You, you absolutely would go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Do you consider reading romance a guilty pleasure? No. No. Okay. I know one dear, especially for Black women, and you may, you know, have an idea, but why do you think that people have been led that reading or writing or enjoying romance not, is such a shameful thing, especially for Black, black folk? You know, we've been taught to kind of be ashamed of Black love, I guess. Mm-hmm. And especially since the pandemic, publishing as a genre, how much it, it um, increased. But mm-hmm. the, the the number one genre for the last several years, as far as money, has been romance. It's because women read. Because women read. And Black <laughs> women read. But they don't think we do. No, we do. <laughs> we do. But I thought, I, well, maybe I hoped. I thought that myth had been dispelled with Terry McMillan. Exactly. You know, like when uh, she was hot, every black woman I, I knew had that book in the salon, had her book mm-hmm. in the salon. I just feel like, yeah, black women, we, we've always been readers. Yeah. I don't know why people think we don't read. You look at the statistics, the largest segment of readers are black women. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And like so, read about black love, right, right. And you, know, I just think that books are like anything else, where there's a spectrum, right. Um, you know, I tell people all the time that people ask me, well, why, you know, how can I read more? And I always say, well, in order to read more, you have to read more, like read a few at a time, because we are all very moody people. Mm-hmm. And if you have like, you know, I like to have a book in maybe three different genres going at the same time okay. because I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the same mood every day. Exactly. Right. So it's like on this day, I may not feel like reading about the Civil War, <laughs> but 
I might feel like something a little light. Right. So I might, you know, I might go for the romance. It's just like Netflix asking you how you feel in the day. What you, you know, what what you vote for? Comedy, drama. You know, it's the same thing. I think books are the same thing. It's not that one is necessarily better than the other. I think it's just more of how are you feeling? If you read according to your mood, I think you will read a whole lot more. And so there are times when people do want to turn on Netflix and watch a rom-com or, or, you know, or just a romance. Exactly. And I also think it comes back to this idea and we're coming back to of pleasure being somehow less valuable than pain and happiness being less valuable than say trauma. And so when we talk about we, we talk about pleasure and talk about physical pleasure in a lot of places. Obviously, there are all sorts of romance novels, but the majority of them focus on physical pleasure, pleasure for people who are not allowed to, you know, especially when we're talking about Black romance novels and the world is not allowed to talk about it and experience that kind of, you know, love, happiness, you know, in, in, in public and through other forms of media. And so when you even when you look at some of the stuff, you know, now we're seeing a few like one of Tia Williams books is being turned into a movie. And when I saw that the Bridgerton series was coming, I was like, hmm, I'd rather see some of Beverly Jenkins. (laughs) turned into. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that plays a part in it, too, that going back to it's, you know, pleasure is not as valuable as pain and trauma. Yeah. And I think maybe it's how we've been taught as far as. Maybe there's a book hierarchy. Yeah. Because a romance author is not going to win the Pulitzer. Exactly. Right? Yep. And so, and when we're in school and we're reading what they tell us we have to read, it's not going to be a romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to be, in my opinion, you know, reading the required reading in school was was horrible for me. Yeah. I read it, but I didn't enjoy it. And, you know, the books that they choose, <laughs> you know, it, it's probably stunted a lot of people, honestly. It's probably the reason why a lot of people don't read after they leave school. <laughs> but what society has deemed worthy is very, very removed from romance novels. Mm-hmm. E- even, I won't say even fiction, but I'll say black fiction. You know, it, it just depends. Like the only people I think that have really broken that would be like a Toni Morrison. Yes. You know, where, you know, if they allow you to, where you will study her work. Right. And, but then you still have people who I think are just as much as, as as a genius as Toni Morrison, like Audre Lorde, that you could go through your whole schooling, high school and college, and they have never heard of her. Exactly. You know, so it's, it's subjective, of course. And then there's this hierarchy, you know, of the books that society as a whole are going to lift up. It's it's not going to be the romance. And I mean, in a way, I get it because you're taught for a book to have, you know, this worthiness, right? You're looking for symbolism and character arcs and, you know, all those things you're taught to look for in a book. You may not necessarily see that in a romance book. But what I have found out about these romance books is that, especially being a Black woman, is that I can relate to the women, mm-hmm. not even about their romances, but just about their lives. Yes, life. 
that, yeah. right, like, uh, you know, that college educated woman, this happens. And, you know, th- there's always something that I can relate to mm-hmm. from these characters, even if it's a character that if you looked at me, you looked at her, you'd be like, nah, y'all had nothing in common. But you, you can see yourself. You can see yourself in them. And so I think even though they're not going to get, they're never going to be on the level of Shakespeare because, you know, everybody loves to talk about him, right? I don't think we're ever going to get there. (laughs) But at the same time, I think that even though these romance stories might not be as quote unquote deep or as symbolic, I think they're still worth Mm -hmm. in the stories, right? It's just like, you know, there's worth in all of these people's stories because they really not that far off from real life. Yeah, and there's some really great <laughs> writers that incorporate. I mean, I bring you back to Tia Williams when you know when I read Seven Days in June, it was such a the the romance was almost a, a secondary character to the rest exactly. of what was going on in that book, and it was yes. all very relatable, mm-hmm. very relatable stuff. And even now, I'm seeing another episode that we're talking about Harvey women and black women and why some women are worthy of love and some are not and mm-hmm. then one of the recent books i read savvy sheldon the book savvy sheldon even that one kind of read i like that one I, you know I almost i was almost like mm, is this about to go where I, and i almost put it down i, I promise you almost, i was like oh here we go <laughs> like she she gotta lose weight in order to find the love and yeah, and i was like, wasn't what it was about but it wasn't I stuck with it about her but it it ended up being you know about her and I thought she was going to go through that I was like oh lord it's one of those (laughs) no it was a total opposite of what and I guess that goes back to what I was saying is that like you said the romance and the sex maybe it's it's secondary it's secondary like this was about her yes she got dumped by her boyfriend in her mind she couldn't do better than than him but being dumped made her realize I need to be better for me. Exactly. Exactly. And that was the story. And so I think that that's the worth. Like when you can take a story, you can take something with you. I love it when a book kind of stays with me. It could be the smallest thing. Like for Savvy, it was like, hey, I need to make myself happy. Mm-hmm. And looking a certain way is going to make me happy. But the goal is my overall well-being, right? It wasn't necessarily about the weight. Like, she wasn't about, like, I got to lose 10 pounds. I got to lose 20 pounds. It was like, I'm going to make all these life changes. And as a result, you know, I'm going to be a better me. I was reading something. I don't know what it was. And the person was saying, like, you should never feel guilty for reading something because a book can mean anything to anyone. Right. And so for somebody who might have body issues. Yes. You know, Savvy Sheldon might have been the book that changed it, yeah, changed or helped them deal with whatever they're going through. And so that's why I think we don't, you know, you can't just throw away romance novels because these women are telling real stories, real stories, real, you know, <laughs> what we're really dealing with. One of the things I like, you know, what I came to realize: read a romance, enjoy life, enjoy the possibilities of what love has in store for us all. I think I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> I'm a schizophrenic reader and what I was telling one of my friends was that what I started to kind of do sometimes is that I'll use romance as a buffer yeah like I'll read like 400 souls and then I'll be like um what Christina got going on it's just real 
you know, it's like people say about their music choices. Like if you put it on shuffle, like you never know what you're gonna come up with. Right. It's almost it's like a palette cleanser sometimes. That's how I use it. I use it as a reset. Like yeah, yeah. And so and sometimes I like I said, when I try to do my book maps, I try to just leave space. I do love black history, indigenous history, you know, and if I'm reading a book that I know is gonna be crazy in a bad way, like, wow, that happened, you know, and I might have two of those that are in my mind, I want to get read in a month, then I'll think it through like, hey, okay, so in between this, this book and this book, I'm gonna maybe read two romance books, or whatever. And But sometimes that goes crazy, because again, series, series will get you, then I'll get stuck. And then it'll be like five books later. And like, okay, let me go back to my academic. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like for me, it's just, you you never know what you're gonna get when 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 the end of the month comes and I post my book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she done put up another list. Oh, I need to read that. Ooh, that that. Oh, what's that about? Right. Yeah, and it's schizophrenic. It's all over the place. <laughs> so okay, so you've gone down this. You found all these new authors and books from the summer. Who's been your favorite new author you've discovered? Black romance authors. Oh gosh very hard that's very hard there's so many great authors and stories well tia williams we already talked about she made seven days in june made my top 10 books of the year yeah 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 it was that good it was really good yeah i feel like that might be her best and at the end of it i felt like they like you don't know if they stay together Mm -hmm. It was right it could have gone either way like you don't have it doesn't feel closed, but it's like a happy mm-hmm. happily happy for now. It was a happy mm-hmm. for now book. And I was like, I wonder if because it, it's still like they, they both still have some stuff to kind of work through. So it's like, do they still we needed a long epilogue. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he's working on a sequel because I feel sequel. like it, it needs a sequel. It felt sequely. Yeah. So <laughs> I you know, I don't know. Books I have loved. Let me say I do like the authors where the series includes a set of siblings. Oh. I don't know why I'm drawn to that. Yeah. <laughs> so Christina C. Johnson has, I think hers is the Wright Brothers. The Wright Brothers. Love and the then, Wright Brothers. You love the Wright Brothers. Love and then, the um, okay, Nicole Falls has the Holiday Sisters. Oh, yeah, the Holiday <laughs> Sisters. Yeah. yeah. So I, those are two that, that stand out for me. And a new one is Jamie Wesley. Oh, I love Jamie Wesley. Okay. Yeah. So Fake It Till You Bake It is her, her latest. Mm-hmm. And that was last year. her sister's book was just last year. Okay. So we did a book club. The Book Girl Magic Book Club had her. She came to the book club meeting. Oh. And then I started reading all her other stuff because I had never heard of her until Fake It Till You Bake It. Yeah. So then I started reading her other stuff. And I liked, like, I really liked her. But if I had to... Just pick a favorite. It's probably Christina Johnson and mm-hmm. Nicole Falls. Nicole Falls. I love Nicole Falls. Yeah, probably. Thank you for joining me. This has been quite an adventure. Again, it is KP from Melanin Mindscape. Her Instagram and blog will be linked in the podcast. So make sure you follow her and show her some love. Thank you again, KP. Thank you. And we'll see you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. You've been listening to Culture Lit with Octavia Marie. And that's all for us this week. 
Be sure to listen, download, or subscribe to more episodes of Culture Lit. You can find Culture Lit on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple listeners, please be sure to leave a review and let us know what you think. Don't forget to talk to me on social or share your Black love stories at Becoming Octavia Marie on Instagram or XO Octavia Marie on Twitter. Make sure you sign up for our occasional newsletter and join our community at culturelitpodcast.com.